The Lord be with you. Frustration, frustration. How many of you ever have a sense of frustration? Raise your hand. I don't know about you, but it's frustrating to have authority but no power. You hear what I'm saying? Have you been there? Have you ever been put of charge, in charge of something, whether it's employees or a chore to do, and you were given the authority to do it, but no power? You had to check with someone maybe in upper management and you were middle management? Did it frustrate you? Absolutely. When Christ left the earth, before He left, He gave His church, His disciples, the authority to go and to proclaim the Gospel. Not just the Gospel, but the full Gospel. The Gospel that Jesus proclaimed with signs and wonders and words. To go and proclaim the Gospel to baptize and to make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus said to do what He did. And even though He gave us the authority to do that, we don't always have the power to proclaim the Gospel fully. For instance, we don't always have the power to heal. If we did, I would invite you to go to the hospital today with me and we would go clear out the wards. We don't always have the power to prophesy. We don't always have the power to perform mighty miracles and mighty works of faith. We don't always have the power to compellingly and boldly proclaim the Gospel. I wish we did. But we don't always have the power to do that, though I think it's coming. But, in spite of having the power to do those things which ebbs and flows, we always have the power to do one thing as we exercise the authority Jesus gave us, and that is the power to love. And we always have the power to love because love is a choice. You either love or you don't love. You either choose to love or you choose not to love. The apostolic church was an empowered church because they obeyed Jesus and they chose to love each other. Oh, don't get me wrong, they had their squabbles. They had some major ones. And I could go over them today, but just be rest assured that in the midst of their troubles, in the midst of their problems, in the midst of their persecutions, they chose to love and they manifested it by sticking together. They didn't turn on each other. They didn't blame each other. They didn't kick each other out. They didn't disfellowship each other. They hung together like brothers and sisters do when they love each other. And we can learn a lesson from the early church who obeyed Jesus' command to love each other because they were an empowered church, right? And if you want to be part of an empowered church, you have to choose to love. Empowered churches love in many ways. And really, to go through all the ways that empowered churches love, 
would require a whole series of sermons. So I'm going to give just a non-exhaustive list. First and foremost, empowered churches love Jesus Christ. Do you love Jesus Christ? Are you crazy in love with Jesus Christ? Empowered churches just love Jesus first and foremost. Jesus said, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Because you're crazy in love. Because I've loved you and the love that I love you with, you're going to love other people with. Empowered churches love Jesus first and foremost. They love Jesus more than their worship style. They love Jesus more than their denomination. They love Jesus more than their doctrinal distinctives. They love Jesus more than their ministries. They love Jesus even more than doing the work of ministry, doing the gifts of the ministry. Empowered churches love Jesus first and foremost. Empowered churches are also filled with people who love each other. The early church, it was noted of the disciples by the people of the Roman Empire, look at how they love each other. As they died in the arenas, as they were torn to pieces by the wild animals, the martyrs clung to each other in love. The crowds who hated them said, but look at how they love each other. There's many ways that empowered churches love each other. The people love each other. I'll just name one. is safe love. Safe love. Safe love is when you are safe from abuse and exploitation. I wish every church could be empowered with safe love. When the disciples were with Jesus, they were safe from abuse. He never abused his followers. Never exploited them. Never guilted them, shamed them, manipulated them. They were safe with Jesus. Empowered churches are safe people who just love each other. Empowered churches are filled with people who also love their church. I don't know about you, but most of the time when I get to know somebody, it doesn't take very long for me to figure out who or what they love. And it's not so much the words they use, I love this and I love that, it's what? It's their actions. You can tell fairly quick what they love by their actions. And people who are filled with love for their church, they care for their church, they take care of their church, they take pride in their church, they sacrifice for their church, not through guilt, not through coercion, not through shame, not through manipulation, because they exercise safe love. They love their church. They see their church as a manifestation of Christ's body. And they love Christ first and foremost. Churches that are empowered are people, are filled with people who love their leadership. Empowered churches are filled with people who love their pastor. Over the years, I've met many folks from churches that I would just say are great churches, are empowered churches, are kingdom churches. And when I 
get to talk to these people, they all say the same thing, how much they love their pastor. They may know very well that their pastor is not a perfect person by any means, but they, they love their pastor. Say, oh, he or she is so wonderful. I just love my pastor. When you show me an empowered church, a kingdom church, that's expanding the kingdom of God, I'll show you a congregation that trusts, respects, and loves its pastor. And if you show me a pastor who is loved that way by his or her congregation, I'll show you a pastor that loves other pastors. See, pastors that aren't loved by their congregation are insecure. So the church across the street, church down the block, I'm worried about that pastor. I'm insecure about that pastor because that pastor may try to steal my flock. But when a congregation really loves its pastor, that pastor is secure, and that frees that pastor to go and love the other pastors of his city. And when you have pastors of a city that, that are being loved by their congregation and they love each other, you have an empowered city church. Finally, empowered churches are filled with people who love the lost. Do you love the lost? Do you love the lost? Or do you just say you do? Do you ask church Christians, do you love the lost? Most of them are going to say, yeah, of course we love the lost. But do you, you really love them? Is it only words? How do you know you love the lost? The first thing you do is what? When someone you love is lost, what do you do? You grieve for them. Most of the pastors in this city tell me one thing. Their churches are declining. They're aging. They're empty. The people of this community are unresponsive. Does that break your heart? Does it? Are you broken about it? Are you grieving? First thing you do when you love the lost, you grieve. The second thing you do when you love someone who is lost is you go and look for them. Jesus said, I have come to, say it with me, seek and save the lost. Jesus did not park himself in the temple and say, you all come here for the attractional Temple service. Jesus said that I've come, sent by God, incarnate of God, to go to the lost sheep of Israel and to seek and save. Empowered churches, first and foremost, they love Jesus. They're filled with a love for each other. They love their church. And they love their pastors. And they're filled with love for lost people. They're broken. They're people of prayer. They're people of mission. They're people of ministry. It's frustrating to have authority without power, isn't it? Come on. It's frustrating to have authority without power. I've got a job for you. If you want a job like that, authority and no power, I, I, I can get you one real quick. It's called substitute teaching. How many of you remember the substitute teacher? That's me. 
I do that bivocationally. I substitute teach to support myself so I can do this ministry. And as a substitute teacher, I'm authorized to go into a classroom and manage that classroom and teach that classroom in the absence of the full-time teacher. And it's expected that I will have that classroom of children under control. I will manage them well. Not an easy task. All that authority and really so little power. In doing this job of substitute teaching, I've discovered my most powerful classroom management tool is what? Can you guess? Love. Love. Before I go to a classroom in the morning, I always pray, Lord, would you give me the grace to love these kiddos today? Would you give me favor with them and the staff so that they can see and feel the love of Jesus in me? I choose to love these kids, even the sevies, even the eighth graders, even the freshmen. I choose to love them with the love of Jesus. I may not have a word of knowledge for them. I may not have a miracle. I may not be able to boldly proclaim the gospel, but I can love them, can't I? Because I choose to. Because Christ has loved me, so I can love them. And the way that I do it, I walk in, and when they come in, you know what I do? This, this huge gift of love that God has given me, I smile at them. Do you have teachers who don't smile at you? Yeah, yeah. They walk in, you walk in, no smile. I smile at the kiddos, and another weapon in my love arsenal is friendly words. Hey, I think your shirt is really cool. How you doing today? It's good to see you. Some of these kiddos will get defensive. Well, that's not how our classroom teacher does it. Instead of me getting threatened by it, I say to these kids, okay, how does your classroom teacher normally do it? Let's do it that way. Authentic concern. And by and large, the kids respond pretty well. Pretty well. Before you can effectively lead and teach someone, they must believe that you what? You love them. Are you frustrated, be honest, with your lack of power as a Christian? Let's be honest. Let's get real. Are you frustrated with your lack of power as a Christian? Well, get over it. Because you've got power. Oh yeah, you've got power. Because you can choose to love. You can choose to love. You have the power to bring the kingdom of God into your church. You have the power to choose to love and bring the kingdom of God into your home, into your work, into your university, into your school into your community, you can choose to love. Jesus commanded you to love. If you have love one for another, then everyone will know that you are My disciples. May God help us to choose to love.